We're continuing with our sermon series, Weak Links, and we've been looking at qualities and characteristics that interfere with our relationship with God. Uh, We've taken a look at, over the last several weeks, uh, topics like depression and despair, um, bitterness and resentment. Um, Last week, we talked about anger, and this week, I want to talk to you about patience now, the last several weeks, it's, you know, they've been kind of heavier topics that we've been talking about. And I, th- I think like on the surface, when we talk about patience, it seems like it, it's at a different category than some of the other uh, topics that we, uh, that we looked at. But I think as I go through it and I talk with you about it this morning, what we're going to see is patience is actually just as significant of an issue um, is, you know, d- depression or, or bitterness, resentment, anger, and so forth. Um, it, it can be a, a very significant matter, um, physically speaking and, and temporarily speaking in this world, but also spiritually speaking. Um, if, you, if you lack uh, patience, um, honestly, it, it can have significant impacts, just like in terms of driving, um, people that are impatient driving, I mean, we experience it as we uh, maybe drive to work if you commute. Uh, the people that just drive like jerks, you know, weaving in and out of traffic and, uh, and, and just uh, how dangerous that can be in terms of causing accidents. Or, you know, someone that's they're uh, tired of waiting on traffic as they're sitting at a stop sign and you got a road that doesn't have a stop sign that, you know, they're trying to cross and so forth. You, you grow impatient or a person does. They try to get across it. There's not enough time to get across it and there can be an accident. You know, honestly, it can be a matter of life and death. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the story back in 2018 about that Thai soccer team. Um, there was a soccer team, uh, this Thai soccer team that, uh, after practice, went and was exploring this cave that was in this uh, in the area of where they were practicing soccer. And as they were exploring the cave, a thunderstorm uh, came up and it flooded the cave. And they had to go deeper and deeper into the cave system in order to escape really being drowned by the the floodwaters. And they became trapped. And uh, if you remember the story, uh, it took nine days uh, for the the divers, because the the caves were flooded, for divers to actually locate them and find them in the the cave structure. A a great amount of patience to be able to find them. But once they found them, they they had a problem in that all the cave structure uh, structure was was flooded and, and and how do you get these um, these like 12 13 year old uh, boys or whatever their age was I think that was about their age how do you get them through these flooded caves and, and, and get them out and they were like four kilometers deep into the into the caves. And so uh, it, it took a great amount of patience to come up with a plan in order to be able to rescue them out of that. And so it took nine days to find them and took another nine days to be able to rescue them out of it. And they ended up having to come up with a plan in which they uh, gave these boys anesthesia. Uh, and then they had to basically put scuba equipment on them, but they had to give them anesthesia because they knew that they would be you know, claustrophobic as, as they were having to be just you know, twisted and turned through these very narrow passages. And they didn't want them freaking out, not knocking off their masks you know, when they're completely submerged and drowning themselves. And so they just had this very uh, intricate plan that took uh, required a great amount of patience. And, and, and as a result, all of the, everyone was, was, was rescued. Everyone survived uh, the, the, the transport out of the cave system 
but it took a great amount of patience for that to work. Uh, patience is, is not only necessary in terms of the temporal, that is in terms of life, but patience is also very important spiritually speaking. And what I want you to, to kind of start wrapping your, your mind around is that, once again, patience isn't just something that we joke about, that, ah, you know, I'm not a real patient person. Uh, patience is something that, that can actually interfere with our relationship with God. And I want to share with you a story from the Old Testament in which we see just how destructive patience can be uh, in terms of the relationship we have with God. Um, and it's a story of the first king over Israel, someone by the name of Saul, um, who uh, showed a lack of patience. Um, and as a result of his lack of patience, it ultimately caused God to turn his back on Saul and his family. And, and as a result, Saul's family did, did not become heirs to the throne of Saul. And, and that throne was then offered over to someone new, someone by the name of David, who uh, you've probably heard of. Um, so I'm going to set up the story and we're going to take a look at it. So uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, um, had led this uh, battle against the Philistines, and the Philistines became a little angry about this battle, so they assembled to fight against Israel. And as they assembled to fight against Israel, Saul wasn't able to go into battle because before you go into battle, uh, a, a sacrifice and an offering had to be offered to God. Now, the person to do that was, was the, the, the prophet of the land, and that was Samuel. And Samuel was supposed to be there at a certain time to offer this, this sacrifice, but Samuel didn't show up on time. So Saul had to figure out, do I go into battle without Samuel, Samuel giving this offering? Um, do I wait until Samuel finally gets here? Do I offer the offering for him? How do I handle this? Well, we're going to see that he doesn't handle it the way that God thinks he should have. Let's take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 to 14. Now Saul was 30 years old when he became the king, and he reigned over Israel for 42 years. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 of them were with him at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. And a thousand were with Jonathan, that's his son, at Gibeah in Benjamin. Now the rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Now Jonathan attacked the Philistine outposts at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. And then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. So all of Israel heard the news that Saul had attacked the Philistine outpost. And now Israel had become an obnoxious uh, to the Philistines. And, and the people were summoned then to join Saul at Gilgal. Now the Philistines had assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as sand on the seashore. Now they went up and they camped at Michmash east of Beth-Avon. Now, when the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in the caves, they hid in the thickets, they hid amongst the rocks, they hid in the pits, they hid in the cisterns, and some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and to the land of Gilead. And Saul remained in Gilgal with all the troops that with him. They were actually quaking with fear. 
Now, Saul waited for seven days, the time that was set by Samuel, who's the prophet, but Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offerings, just as he had finished making the offering, though. Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You've done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God that he gave you. If you had, you, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now the kingdom will not endure, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and he has appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So here you have the situation Saul's ready to go into battle. The Philistines have assembled, and he's waiting on Samuel to show up. Samuel's not showing up when he's supposed to show up. His people are are getting a little nervous. There doesn't seem to be a plan. And and they're, they're, they're beginning to, like, leave, and they're beginning to scatter. So Saul's got to decide, like, you know, what do I do? Do I go into battle without making the sacrifice and offerings to God? Do I sit here and wait, hoping that Samuel might show up? I mean, maybe, maybe he's sick. Maybe he was uh, kidnapped. Maybe he was injured. You know, he doesn't know how long that will take. But while he waits, he knows his men are going to continue to disperse. Or does he take matters into his own hands, knowing that it's important to offer an offering to God and just do it himself? Well, he makes the decision that he's going to just do it himself. And as a result of his impatience, as a result of his not waiting for the prophet, for Samuel, God ends up rejecting Saul. And I have to tell you, I've always struggled with this because what what was his options? And, And if I think about being Saul, I mean, he didn't go into battle without doing it. He knew the importance of it. Samuel wasn't there, so he, it's probably what I would have done. What would you have done in that situation? But what's interesting is Saul's, his impatience isn't really with Samuel, but it's with God. Because God's command is that, that that's not for the king to do, it's for the prophet to do. And when he took his, that responsibility into his own hands, he's really breaking God's command. And so what I want you to understand is that patience is an important thing. It's not like just this lesser thing that we joke around about. It, 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 it's a serious thing. It has significant impact on our lives, both physically and spiritually. Let's take a look at 
some scripture here, starting with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. And it says, for you have need of endurance. Now, when you see that word endurance, that's literally patience, okay? Um, the, the Greek word for patience can translate into English with one of three words, and here it's being translated as endurance, but it's the exact same word as, as patience. So you can substitute in there just fine the word patience. So it says, for you have need of patience so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. That is, that when you do the will of God, that with patience, if you, you have need of patience because with patience, when you do the will of God, you'll receive that which is promised. The problem with Saul is he didn't have patience. And because he didn't have patience, he didn't do the will of God. And because he didn't have patience and he didn't do the will of God, he didn't, do, he didn't receive that which was promised. What was promised? What was promised is that his descendants would be on the throne of Israel uh, basically forever. Well, that's not what he gets. David uh, receives that honor. Why? Because Saul did not have patience. And you know what? When we don't have patience... When we don't do the will of God, we can forfeit the promises of God as well. And here's the problem is, is like, God doesn't operate on our time schedule. So when, we, when there's struggles, so oftentimes the temptation is that we leave behind the will of God and we follow ours. When we have relationship difficulties, it's very easy to leave behind the will of God and, and follow ours. When we have financial difficulties, it's really easy to leave behind the will of God and to follow ours. But the problem is, is like when we leave behind the will of God and follow ours, we leave behind the reward of God and we receive ours. And, and the problem is this, is like our reward, like when we follow our will, we get our reward. That's more immediate, right? So we get ourselves into these binds. God's timing's not the same as ours. We become impatient. We take matters into our own hands. We will receive a reward. It will be more immediate because we take matters into our own hands, but it will never be as good as the reward that we will receive if simply we continue to follow the will of God and receive what he promises. Let's see how that works itself out in maybe certain areas of our lives. Let's think about it in terms of our careers. You know, we, we do live in this immediate gratification society, don't we? And I feel like, you know, just because things are so immediate, uh, certainly the, like, younger people nowadays, they expect that, like, they don't really want to go through all the school and, and they want to just like maybe graduate from high school. They know what they want to do and they want to be able to get out and get their you know, job getting paid $120,000 a year. And they just want to skip through that whole process and they become impatient. They don't want to go to maybe four years of, of, of college. They, they don't want to go to like four years of, of graduate school. 
You know, they, they don't want to get out of school and, and, and start with a company that, that, that is like a company that they'd rather not start with. They don't want to start with an entry-level position. There's that whole process that they would just rather skip out. And because they don't have the patience to go through the process, then they're going to skip out on, on the career that God would have planned for them. As a pastor, I mean, you have to be patient uh, at least in our church body, like when you graduate high school, you have, you know, four years of undergrad, and then you got, you know, four years of graduate school before you finally can do what you feel like God's been calling you to do. Eight years is a long time to be patient and in school and, and doing all these different things before you can actually do what you actually want to do. And, and, and if you shortchange that, it, the reality is, is you may miss out on, on, on the blessings and the promises of God. And then some of us, we go and we get our career, and then here's what happens is once we get our career, we have a bad experience, and then we leave our career. We go from, from one job to the next. I mean, I, let's take it back to a pastor. I mean, how many pastors go through that four years of undergrad, and then they go through their four years of graduate school, they get out and they become a pastor, but they get put into this church that has just this... Um, this this ability, this this gift, if you will, of, of 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 chewing up and spitting out young pastors, because there's the same families that have been there for the last you know 50 years or 100 years. They're the ones that kind of control this place, and, and they don't want some other person to be you know kind of in charge. And they're mean and they're nasty and and they're impossible to get along with. So you, you went through your four years of undergrad, you went through your four years of graduate, you, like, you, you're kind of certain that God's calling you to do this, but you have this horrible experience in what should be like a Christian environment, and, 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 and as a result, you're like, you know what, I, I don't even want to be a pastor. Well, God might have all these blessings in store, not only for you, but all the people that you're going to touch, but now you're going to leave them all behind because you're not willing to be patient enough to endure maybe a little bit of the suffering that you got to endure uh, to, to be able to receive those blessings. And what about you guys for, for the jobs that, that you currently work at? There, there's that process that you had to be patient to, you know, maybe you had to do undergrad and maybe that's all you had to do. Maybe some of you went on and, and had to get a master's or something and you get out and, and you're in this job and it's absolutely miserable. Well, guess what? I mean, that's just part of like having a job. I like to tell people, you know what? They call it work for a reason, right? It's not meant to be enjoyable. It's not called vacation. It's not called fun. You know, you think you got drama. You think you got headache at your job. Like, I don't think I've talked to someone that doesn't have that at their job. But here's what happens as we go in and we get to our jobs and, and we, we, we get some resistance. We get some drama. We get, you know, some people, a boss we don't like working with or coworkers. We don't, so we'll just move on to the next one. But guess what? The grass isn't greener on the other side. So every two or three years, we're constantly switching jobs. And I wonder if somewhere in there, because we're not patient enough, just like maybe in a, in a marriage where you have to kind of work through difficulties, we're not willing to work through those difficulties of that organization and so forth, that we miss out on some blessings of God. Sometimes we're, you know, we have a bad experience here. We go to another one, a bad experience. By the time we have two or three of these, we just change careers altogether. But, but what if, like, God has blessings in store for you through your career, and, and those blessings aren't, that it has nothing to do with how much you make. 
It has nothing to do with how easy it is going to be for you to do your job. Maybe those blessings aren't even for you. It's for the people that you're going to touch through your job, that, that your job is seen more as a vocation and as a ministry. That, that, that when we're impatient, we can miss out on those things that God has in store for us. The same is true in our marriages. How many of us are impatient or were impatient as we were maybe choosing a spouse? Maybe we were just worried about getting a spouse and, and maybe we didn't date long enough and we didn't really know the person as well as, as what we, we should have. We kind of rushed into it. And, and, and as a result, like uh, we ended up marrying someone that wasn't maybe the best fit for us or, or, or the blessings that God had in store for us for maybe someone else. Why? Because we're impatient and we rushed into something. How many times once we're in a marriage do we suffer from impatience? Because when we're in a marriage, we hit a rough spot, and the challenges and the difficulty is, is when things aren't going well, one or both people in the marriage will become impatient, and you don't work through those difficulties, and, and, and once again, the grass is always greener on the other side, and that impatience causes all kinds of devastation in marriage. How about when, when like, um, someone... Uh, loses their spouse to either divorce or they lose their spouse to, uh, they die. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen where someone like very quickly gets into another marriage and, and gets married very quickly. Why? Because honestly, they're just kind of afraid of being alone. They become impatient on, on waiting on, on, on becoming whole, uh, waiting on, on becoming more stable and waiting on God bringing the right person into their lives. Think about all the, the, the hurt and the pain that comes through impatience and, and all the blessings that we miss out in marriage and relationships because of impatience. Think about all that we miss out on in terms of blessings of God financially because of impatience. You know, finances cause so much stress in our lives. Why? Because so many of us, like, we buy things before we can even afford them, right? We buy it on credit. It's like, you know what? I, I, I deserve this. And so we're always getting things before we can really uh, afford it. And then we're working like crazy to be able to afford what we couldn't afford before. And just as we're starting to be able to afford that, then we're kind of getting the next thing and we're getting the next thing. And we're just always chasing this thing. And we're never getting to the point that we're able to retire. We we just always want a little bit more and a little bit more. And all the stress that that's causing on, on, on relationships, all that stress that's causing on you is you're trying to figure out how to balance your funds to be able to make ends meet. Why? Because we, we just can't exercise patience financially. Patience is required in every aspect of life, right? Our hobbies require patience. If you fish, you need patience. If you golf, patience is helpful for golf, right? When you raise your kids, listen, patience is of benefit. As you're developing employees, patience is, 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 is benefit. If you're coaching your kids, you know, football team or, or soccer team, it, it does well to have patience. If you're dealing with your spouse, you need patience. If you're dealing with a world leader, you need patience. What in life does not require patience? It all requires patience. Think of it like cooking meat. You can, like when you go home today, you can put that chicken in the oven at 325, and it might need to cook for, say, an hour. And, and like 30 minutes into it, you're like, 
Oh, I can smell it. And, and, and you can peek at it, and it's like, well, it's starting like, it, it looks a little brown on the outside. And 30 minutes into it, you, you can pull that chicken out, and you can bite into it and eat it, and you will receive a reward. But that reward is not going to be nearly as good as if you let that chick, you show some patience, you let that chicken cook for the full hour, then you pull it out and eat it, then you'll experience the reward you should experience. The same thing goes on with life, like God has these blessings in store for us, but our impatience causes us to not receive it. Let's take a look at a few passages and what they say about patience. The first is Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23, and I apologize for the version I used. I should have read it. Oh, thank you guys for changing that after first service. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. You know, once again, we act like patience isn't a big deal. It's a big deal. The character of God is patience. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit, that the indwelling of the Spirit, if the Spirit's in us, the Spirit elicits through us these characteristics that are characteristics of God himself, one of them being patience. So what you can say is, I'm just not a patient person. Because, I mean, that's like saying I'm not really a Christian. That on some level, you've, you've got to have patience because if you're a Christian and God's spirit lives and dwells in you, that, that a fruit of God living and dwelling in you through his Holy Spirit is that you will have patience. And so some of these, we maybe have more than others, but you've got to have some, and it's got to be developed, and you've got to want to develop it. Romans 12, 12, and, and, and I love how... Paul writes this passage. He says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And, and, and I love how he phrases this because, once again, like my, my eyes are focusing in on the middle part of this passage because we're talking about patience. So we're told to be patient in tribulation, but it's like there's bookends to being patient in tribulation, and, and that is rejoicing in hope and being constant in prayer. Now, the first thing that I want to say is when we're told to be patient in tribulation, first of all, some Christians think that we don't experience tribulation because we are Christians, that somehow we're blessed by God that we shouldn't ever experience, you know, struggles, just trials or difficulties. No, we will have tribulations. And ultimately, as Christians, we may very well have more tribulations than people who aren't Christian. But what we're told is to be patient in tribulation, and we're told to be patient in tribulation because when it comes to tribulation, you don't know how long it will last, so you have to be patient, and you don't know how bad it will get. See, that's a deal about tribulation. We don't know how long it will last, and we don't know how bad it will get. But we can be patient. Why? We've got to look to that bookend because we have hope. And let me explain it this way. We've all had that, that time and where, and times, honestly, over the course of our lives where, you know, you wake up. And right away when you wake up, you know, you're like, you're sick. You move your eyes and like, they ache. It hurts to move your eyes. And then it's like the head's throbbing. Then like, you got the fever, and, and, you, and like your whole body is just 
aching, your, your back's writhing in pain as you're laying there. And, and then you feel that nausea kick in. And then you're like, if I get sick here, can I make it to the bathroom in time? And you're like, I don't think I can. So you decide to just lay next to the toilet on the floor. And you're so sick, you don't even care how dirty the floor might be. We've all had times like that. And then it happens, and, and you're hanging over the toilet once again. You don't care how dirty it is when you're there. You're just getting sick, right? And, and everything on your body's hurting, and, 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 and you're just miserable. And, and you don't know, you don't know, like, if this is a 12-hour bug. You don't know if it's a 24-hour bug. You don't know if it's a three-day bug. You don't know if it's a five-day bug. But you know this. Even as miserable as you are, with your eyes aching and your whole body aching and you're like leaning over the toilet and hurling, you know, like you got hope. In 12 hours, 24 hours, three days, five days, eventually you're going to be better because you always are. It's not the end of the world. When I look at Romans 12, this is what I hear. Be patient in tribulation. Why? Because you can rejoice in your hope. We will have tribulation. We don't know how bad it's going to get. We don't know how long it's going to get. But we do know this, that we have hope. We have hope that people who aren't Christians don't have. And that is it will get better. One way or the other, it's going to get better. God's going to bring us through on the other side. We will be stronger on the other side. And even if we don't make it on the other side, we're going to make it on the other side. Right? And so we have hope in that tribulation. And then that encouragement, be constant in prayer. And that's how we come to terms with those times of difficulty in those times of tribulation, you know, prayer is that wonderful time in which we're, we align our will with what the will of God is. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You see, we got to be even patient in doing good. And this is the struggle for many of us. It's like, you know what, we're, we're trying to do good, but like it, it just, the people who aren't like doing good, they, they seem to be getting ahead and, and we're not going anywhere. We're trying to, you know, raise our kids the right way, but our kids' friends, their parents aren't like putting rules and, and, and all you got to hear is like, my, my friend's parents don't do that. And, and you feel like it's an, it's an uphill battle. Don't grow weary in doing good. You know, don't grow weary in doing good to, to a coworker who, who might be ungrateful. Don't do, grow weary in, in doing good to a spouse. I mean, it can be frustrating. I mean, you sit there and you don't have a big screen TV, but you got your friendly neighborhood riot going on and everyone's walking out of the Walmart with big screen TVs on their shoulder. No cops are stopping them and they're going to be taking them all home. And, and it's like they're getting ahead and you don't even have one. And you're like, man, I might as well go do it too, right? But the encouragement is don't grow weary of doing good because in due season, you know, you will reap. If you don't give up, and, and I think the challenge is, is, is we give up, right? Like we're doing good. We see everyone else getting ahead, and we're like, you know what? I, I, I might as well just stop trying. 
but we're encouraged to be patient. And be patient not just because you will reap, not because the reward's coming, but be patient because it's the right thing to do. But the promise is there that God will ultimately bless us in due time. Romans 8.25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Man, when I look at that, when I think of fishing, because when you go fishing, you don't see fish. You see water. Well, some of y'all got fish finders, so maybe you do. But for, like, the rest of us, you just see water. But, but there's a hope. There, there's, there's a realization that there's fish under you or there will be at some point passing by. And so you, you just got to be patient. You just got to keep working it. And you'll eventually catch I always say, like, you know, they call it fishing for a reason. It's not called catching always, right? I got a buddy that, that I go fishing a lot with, and he says, you know, the reason you, you catch more, and I, I usually do when I go out with him, is he's like, you just like, the rest of us take breaks. You just like, you, you, you don't stop. You just keep going at it. You just keep going at it. You keep going at it. Even though I don't see the fish, I mean, like, I know they're there. I'm not going to give up. And, and you just got to be patient, and eventually it's going to happen, and eventually they're going to come. That's what faith is like. That's what doing God's will is like. That's what heaven is like. I mean, we, we, we don't see it. It's like we see, we see the water. We, we just don't see like all these other things. But God's faithful. God's good. God's just. You just keep doing it and you're patient and eventually you'll see the benefit and you'll see the blessing. You just, you keep at it and you keep faithful. We hope for that which we do not see. And then Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I think this is one that we just struggle with. We're, we're not, once again, we're like in an immediate gratification society. Like, unlike any other time in human history, things are just so available for us. And, and we just, we struggle waiting patiently for God. And, and like so many, so many of us get out in front of, of God, and it's not a good place to be. It's kind of like in a battle. It's not a good place to be out in front of like your commander. Your commander is going to like set battle lines. You really don't want to be out in front of the, the, the battle line because you're going to get slaughtered. It's not a good thing to be out in front of God on something because it's not going to work out well for you. But the thing that I want to really point out to you is that we're told to wait patiently for God. And here's the problem is some of us can wait for God, but we're told to wait patiently for God. And there's a difference between waiting for God and waiting patiently for God. And let me describe it this way. Some of y'all will wait for your spouse, but you don't wait patiently for them. In other words, you'll sit in the driveway as they finish getting ready, taking their time coming down, and you'll start honking the horn. You're waiting for them, but you're not patient in it. You're honking, right? And then when they come down out of the house, they give you a look, don't they? And then they sit down in the car with you, and it doesn't work out real well that you were honking the horn while you waited for them. There's a lot of us that we're waiting on God, but we're honking the horn while we're waiting for God. God doesn't like to have the horn honked at him. We're called not only to wait for the Lord, but to patiently wait for the Lord. 
I want to close the message by talking about the importance of trials and difficulties because I think this is where patience is where we struggle the most. So when it comes to trials and difficulties, but actually it's trials and difficulties that actually cause us to become better at being patient. Look at James chapter one, two to three. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of faith will produce perseverance. Once again, that perseverance is the same word for patience. So consider it joy when you face trials because those trials, that testing of your faith is gonna produce patience. Romans 5, three to four. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. You see, we're, we're supposed to rejoice in our sufferings because our suffering is gonna produce patience. Once again, that word perseverance is patience. That suffering produces patience, patience, character, and character, hope. In both of these passages, what's critical for developing patience, which is something that God's Spirit, if fruit of the Spirit is patience, it's part of the essence and the nature of who God is. He's a patient God. What develops patience in us is something that we don't really enjoy going through, that is sufferings and trials. I don't know if you've noticed it, but for the last week and a half on the sign, I'm going to change it today or tomorrow, but what it says is irritants form pearls. So embrace your irritants. It's not sand, you know, there's this myth that sand uh, is what forms pearl. No, it's an irritant that gets in there and it's how it reacts to the irritant that ultimately will form a pearl. You know, it's how we react to an irritant that, that will form that pearl. So embrace your irritant. And it's, it's the, you know, rocks going through that abrasion process. It's gemstones going through that abrasion process that polishes them up and, and makes them of, of so beautiful and of value. And, and without immense pressure and without immense heat, you don't have diamonds. As you undergo trials and suffering and frustrations in your life, embrace them. They will pass. God will work patience through them. And I want to bring you full circle to the Hebrews 10.36 passage that I had at the beginning. For you have need of patience so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So that in the patience that he develops through us, through our suffering, through our trials, through the fruit of the Spirit, that when we have patience, that ultimately we will, we will do and be faithful to the will of God, that we will receive that which is promised. What is ultimately promised? It's the gift of eternal life in heaven that he's won for us through Jesus Christ on the cross. That's our hope, and that's his promise to us. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious Almighty God, as we live in this immediate gratification society, many of us in here struggle with patience, and we tend to joke about it like it's not a big deal, but we know spiritually speaking and even tempor temporarily speaking, it is a big deal, that it's um, critical to a healthy relationship with one another and uh, in a right relationship with you. And I just pray, gracious God, that you would help us to become more patient people, uh, patient with each other, and ultimately, gracious God, patient with how uh, you are working in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.